Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. As we are here on the 1st of January, I'm going to say it correctly, I'm looking at the calendar, 2022, I didn't mess it up. I talk about WWE Day 1, but I'm not alone. I'm here with uh, this side. Oh, in the clicks, baby Huey. What's going on, Huey? What's up, Tim? Happy uh, Happy New Year, pal. Right. <laughs> in honor of like Vince McMahon. Uh, and Happy New Year to all your, your listeners and uh, viewers right now. But uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, thank you for having me on today. Not a problem. Anytime. And I've already seen the people in the chat saying what happened to Nakamura and Zane. Well, you guys are like Pat McAfee. Thought the match was announced for tonight, but it was never announced for tonight. Because Pat even said something about it. And Michael Cole goes, oh, that match ain't happening tonight, Pat. And then he's like, oh, I got to follow. He made like a quick little jab at himself. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I need to follow the product yeah. or something. I need to follow, follow the product a little more closely. Because I saw some websites doing their preview, and they also put the Intercontinental title. Nakamura defending against Sami Zayn. I'm like, no, just look on WWE's website. It's not on the preview page. I get I get it. Sometimes they don't put everything up there, but it, mm-hmm. it hasn't ever been up there. They just said, oh, by the way, Sami gets a future shot. That's all they've ever said. Mm-hmm. So that match was never, it wasn't that that match also got pulled because I had someone ask me, like, message me on Instagram and go, hey, did they pull Sami Zayn and Nakamura? One of them sick? Did something happen? I go, no, 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 no. That match was never scheduled for tonight. I don't want to assume anything, but it just wasn't set for tonight. And so the person was like, oh, well, that's a reliever then. Because, <laughs> I mean, nowadays, well, I- if something, if you assume something's going to happen and you don't see it, you assume someone's got COVID. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, that's just kind of the hysteria that we and, all live in right now and the paranoia. I mean, I guess we should just start off with talking about that, the Roman Reigns issue. Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be very vague with this because we don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, at 3.07 p.m. Pacific time, sent out a tweet, and I'll read the tweet right here. Let's see. Let me find it really fast. Take me two seconds because it's the last thing he tweeted. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Moxley versus Homicide. For the GCW title in Hammerstein Ballroom. Interesting. Nice. That should be a good match. Uh-huh. Also, that's end of January. I guess they're, they know more than we do about if Moxley's going to be good to go by then. Yeah, exactly. Roman Reigns tweeted out at 3.07 p.m. Pacific, I yearn to perform tonight at WWE Day 1 to defend my Universal Championship. However, unfortunately, early, earlier today, I tested positive for COVID-19 due to the proper protocols. I am unable to compete as originally scheduled. I look forward to returning to action as soon as possible. Now, at that exact same moment, WWE sent out their tweet saying that Brock Lesnar has been moved to the WWE title match and that Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID and this and that. So I thought it was funny. I was was talking to Huey about this. I thought it was funny that WWE kept going, yeah, earlier today, Roman Reigns, you know, posted on social media that he tested positive for COVID. And so we had to send out a, a press release here at WWE to let everybody know what's going on. And I'm like, you sent out a tweet from your account and Roman's account at the same time. Okay, cool. Anyways, I don't know anywhere they got the press release. Because if Medialis would have got the press release, they would have, well, posted a screenshot. Because that's what we all do. You get a press release, you screenshot it, you put it up on your social media. I didn't see anybody hey, do babe, that. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, Fabe, they got to they gotta work us right now. Oh, they're working us with Drew McIntyre. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. <laughs> Cervical this and that, and I don't even know. A lot of trying to use big words. 
But with that, we've got day one to talk about. And I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by either hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, if you are watching here, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You could be like Rosario9248 did last week and subscribe with the tier one subscription. They've done it. I don't know if it's a he or she, but they've done it for 10 months now. And I appreciate that. But if you say, hey, I don't got that, but I'm paying for Amazon Prime, well, you can use that as well. With Amazon Prime, you get a bunch of free stuff, like free games, which I haven't seen what new free games are out yet for the new month. You get free games, stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. And I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to us right here. Also, on the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out there with a super chat or a super sticker donation in the live chat or by subscribing, hitting that join button down below and becoming a channel member. Finally, the last way you can help us out that doesn't cost you anything extra is the Epic Game Store. Go to the Epic Game Store and use the code PWUnlimited at checkout when it says, do you have a creator code? You do, it's PWUnlimited. With that, whenever you're buying anything in Fortnite, whether that's in the Epic Game Store or on the Fortnite game, same thing with Rocket League, or buying a game, whether that's Guardians of the Galaxy or Riders Republic, just put in the code PWUnlimited, but not even just that. If you're, if you're on your computer and you see where it says these games are free right now, you can put the code in there and still support us that way. And right now, every of the new Tomb Raider games, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, are all free right now on the Epic Game Store. So go over there, claim all those free Tomb Raider games, put in the code PWUnlimited, and help us out. It, again, doesn't cost you anything or anything extra if you're already buying something over there on the Epic Game Store. But with that, a question to you, did you watch the pre-show? I actually did. I, I tuned in. <clears throat> did you see the pre-show match? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I tuned in for that one. And There's a lot of hiccups how... on the pre-show. Production <laughs> hiccups. Yeah. Yeah, even like, was it Kayla a couple times? Mm -hmm. uh, didn't know what was going on, on the screen. Like, yeah. and like she thought Kevin they were going to. I, I yeah. felt like she thought they were going to send it to one thing. They sent it to something else. So Kevin Patrick was just like, Whoop, I got it. <laughs> And then Booker T just said, boom. He kept, yeah. <laughs> like, saying, he just kept jumping in, yelling at over right? them, like, boom, like, look at that move. Oh, my God. So give him credit trying to fill in some dead air right there. But on the pre-show, we did have a tag team match. It was uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland against Cesaro and Ricochet. Match went little, almost 10 minutes. And then, what, three, four minutes in, it became a handicap match? <laughs> exactly. So, early on in this match, Rich Holland and Ricochet were in the ring, and the Cesaro comes in, and they start double-teaming Rich Holland, and Cesaro, like, flips Ricochet. He does, like, a front flip thing. I don't know what he was supposed to do, like a four, a standing 450, maybe? And he, like, oh, I, I don't know if he over or under-rotated or anything, because I'm not sure exactly what he was supposed to do. Maybe it was a leg drop. I don't know. But he ends up kicking Rich Holland in the face. He disappears, Rich Holland, and Michael Cole just goes, oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, our medical staff at Ringsiders checking out Rich Holland for a possible broken nose. And they go, hold on. They're actually acknowledging that someone actually got hurt? Not like after the fact that they had to be pulled out of the match, but during and 
Pat's like, well, good thing we have, we don't have these. He's like, he says something like, well, we don't have these doctors and stuff out here for nothing. And something along those lines, or these medical personnel out here for nothing. And I'm like, okay. And so they start talking to like, Seamus may have to go this match alone. And then like a couple minutes later, Michael Cole again, you know, they're still checking on Rich Holland. Looks like they're going to take him to the back. We'll have an update for you if we know anything else. A couple minutes later, uh, I'm just getting word, you know, Rich Holland being checked in the back for what we believe is a possible broken nose and will not be returning to the match. And I'm like, 2022, what the heck is going on? I know that's the crazy thing is like usually when there's something that doesn't happen or that happens off script, like an actual accident or some sort of injury, they just try to like cut away from the camera and just Mm -hmm. don't acknowledge it. And us fans are kind of like scrambling, like what's going on? We go to Twitter and try to get people's reactions, see if anyone's reporting on anything here. So yeah, the fact that we're just so blatantly telling us what happens, like, Oh, okay. That's kind of refreshing to hear. Right. And I was just like, I'm sitting here going, Okay, is this a Vince directive? Did somebody else say, hey, make mention of this? Because yes, and since Saturday in the uh, Twitch chat mentions this, and I was going to get to that as well. Yes, there was blood in the ring, but we've seen that before where people get busted open, there's blood in the ring, and they don't make any mention of, hey, blood. And they didn't say, like, there's blood in the ring, but they did state that it looks like he got a broken nose. They cut to a replay, like, three times to show it in slow-mo, which, again, also shocked me. Again, mentioning it, cool. But then saying, here's a spot where he may have broke his nose. We'll show you a couple times. Like, dang. Slow it down. Yeah. Right here. Point of impact right here. Look at his his nose bend right here. And they showed it later in the show as well. Like, hey, if you missed the pre-show, guess what? Rich Holland broke his nose. Here's what happened. Like, okay, cool. Didn't even say that, oh, Sheamus ended up winning the match on his own. They just said, hey, Rich Holland busted his nose by Ricochet's boot. But as far as the matches go, you know, it's a pre-show match that went almost 10 minutes long. Once it became a handicap match, it was all right. Sheamus slowed the pace down at one point with the chin lock. Ricochet tried fighting back. Cesaro hit a flying crossbody at one point for a near fall. He gave Sheamus a giant swing into a sharpshooter. Sheamus fought out, made it to the bottom rope. Sheamus then caught Cesaro with a knee, and Ricochet broke up the pin. Finish came down where Ricochet sent Sheamus to the floor and attempted a plancha. Sheamus caught Ricochet and hit the white noise. Sheamus then jumped off the top rope, but uh, Cesaro caught him with an uppercut. The finish then came when Cesaro missed a tackle in the corner. Sheamus hit the broke kick and pinned him to pick up the victory. So, Sheamus and Ridge Holland, hey, I guess they're trying to build him up as an actual team, which I'm not against. Yeah, so this match was just fascinating to me, just because when something uh, 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 like an accident happens and the wrestlers got to call make an audible Mm -hmm. and make a call on the fly and like change up the whole probably uh uh script of what the match how was gonna go down so it was interesting just and even like i noticed like the ring sign camera they were they were focusing on him and up close you saw cesaro and sheamus and you could clearly see cesaro just kind of like whispering stuff in the sheamus's ear and looks like they were just trying to like okay how we're gonna get out of this situation right now. And so just kind of call it on the fly at that point. And I know Seamus is a heel right now, but he definitely gave like a strong performance as far as he was in the handicap oh, yeah. position here. So I I, I just kind of wondered you would have thought, okay, the two baby faces should have won here. Like it, it, the it's two on one. They they had the advantage, they should have won here. So the fact Seamus still won, I guess for WWE, they're like Regardless of Ridge mm-hmm. was injured, and I think the plan was he was supposed to win here. Yeah, so, the plan. 
Yeah, so it's just kind of interesting to me. It's like, could they have maybe called another audible and maybe somehow ricochet fake an injury and step away from the match? Not a bad idea. Sheamus and Cesaro one-on-one, you know, former bar uh, teammates, tag team meets. uh, Oh, they let uh, us know that plenty of times during that match. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, it was just an interesting situation here, just like I said, uh, to make an audible and a call on the fly and try to recover here and like, okay, how are we going to get to our finish here? So uh, to me, that's always fascinating, just seeing... Um, these wrestlers, you know, work on their on their toes and trying to mm-hmm. uh, resolve it here. Being able to to move on the fly, I guess they call it, call stuff on the fly and be like, hey, um, we're going to do this and this and this and this instead. Mm-hmm. And be able to do it to where it felt seamless. It didn't seem like anybody missed a step or anybody was like, oh, crap, what do we do next? It really just felt like they just kept on going with what they were going to do. I guess, I mean, for all we know, maybe Holland was supposed to be limited in the match anyways because he's so green. <laughs> exactly um but no i i love seamus though it's just for the last god i mean year and a half plus or almost two years now if you really think about it mm. in the pandemic he's just been one of the really oh, yeah. strong workhorses for wwe having hard-hitting physical matches with everyone over the last you know think about the last two years with everyone he's had different feuds with on raw and smackdown respectively so seamus you know he's the unsung mvp i think for them and just being just a a strong legit credible veteran for that roster Mm -hmm. and so this is a situation here like he didn't phase him that rich holland was gone so he still worked the whole match by himself so just i give huge kudos and props to seamus here Right, and um, so going forward, also the sameest thing, I think it's Pat that says all the time, Sheamus may, may be one of the most underrated superstars we have today. He's like, mm-hmm. he's always like, listen, listen to all of his accomplishments. He's won everything, which mm-hmm. technically Sheamus has. I mean, what does he not won? The titles in NXT? I th- think so. That's not, yeah, I think that's the only one. Because he's won, he's won the WWE title. Well, universal title, but he's at least won a world title multiple times. Yeah. But he, he has won the universal. Um, correct. But he uh, didn't he post on Instagram within the month, like, all his titles? He was, like, standing in his, his underwear or something, and he was posing for all his titles or something. I, I saw that uh, on his, I think, Instagram not too long ago. So um, just showing all the accomplishments he's done and, and Tim, you remember, uh, you know, when I talked to him at SummerSlam at the mm. press junket, he <laughs> he mentioned that, you know, it, it, it he, it's a little frustrating to him that he felt he didn't get enough credit during like the Thunderdome era right. or the, you know, closed set era of WWE during the pandemic that a lot of people were not acknowledging him and his matches. So he knew he had to go out there and still deliver um, and, you know, part of his whole like you know, he, he like this uh, uh, renaissance of his career. It's um, for him. He, he really just took a lot of pride in his performance and having these hard hitting matches. And so I think a lot of people are saying, oh, this person, this person was the MVP of the Thunderdome. So it shows <clears throat> WWE superstars definitely pay attention oh, yeah. to what fans say online. So the fact he said he was he wished more people acknowledged him as like an MVP of the mm-hmm. Thunderdome era. So Sheamus has also not won the icy title. He hasn't? According to his Wikipedia, three-time WWE champion, one-time world heavyweight champion, three-time U.S. Okay. champion, four-time Raw tag champ, one-time SmackDown tag champ, King of the Ring, Money in the Bank, Royal Rumble, some Slammies, and a year-end award. 
but never won the IC title. And of course, we knew we knew he hadn't won the Universal. Interesting. Well, knowing WWE, they'll give him like a, a quick IC title <laughs> reign probably at some point. Eventually. Next, like, two, three years. Yeah. Bank on that. Oh, and the Observer named him most improved in 2010. Yes, I just saw that here too. Okay. <laughs> nice. Right on. <laughs> And in 2012, he was ranked number five by PW Illustrated. Oh, wow. Interesting. But with that, we go forward with the main card. Michael Cole and them tell us yet again, hey, Roman Reigns isn't here. That's positive for COVID. Brock Lesnar. And I liked this, this move. They said Brock Lesnar has demanded he get added to the WWE title match. Because if you think about it, in storyline, Brock flew his ass from Canada to Atlanta. Got off that farm to what? Sit around to watch other people fight? Uh-uh. Brock's still going to want to fight. He put his hair bun in his hair. He's ready to go, man. <laughs> right? He didn't fly across the, the country not to have his hair bun up in his head, you know, ready to go. He, so he's ready to come for a fight. So, no, I'm with you. That's uh, I respect that as far as, like, yeah, man, he he's a natural-born fighter. <clears throat> like, that's his instinct. So he's like, all right, well, my title match is, you know, off the books right now but hey there's still a wwe championship just put me in there so, exactly um yeah so that total babyface move on his part and like he said when they asked when kayla asked him later he's like hey what what was the motive you wanted to be put in this match he's just like i'm a free agent i could fight for anything and i want to be a champion and he said he courtesy said, yep say it a courtesy of my advocate paul Heyman. and i love so. how he did the brawl Heyman line where he's like i'm brock lesnar <laughs> Like, took the mic from which, Kayla. Which, it makes you wonder, like, I mean, we all love this current babyface run of Brock Lesnar, and he's doing a lot of solo promos mm -hmm. in the ring on SmackDown. It's like, it makes you wonder, why hasn't he done more promos over the years? Not do you remember the Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle stuff on SmackDown from 2003? Oh, absolutely. Most, that stuff was gold. Most infamously, the milk jug incident. Well... I mean, the segment, right? Them backstage yeah. drinking and yeah. Where Kurt's trying to talk to some girl backstage or whatever. He drinks the milk and Brock walks up and like taps him on the back. He spits all over the girl. Yeah. Brock was yeah, great yeah, yeah. in that segment. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like he's so underrated. I think, uh, um, you know, with his performance on camera, I mean, we've seen at UFC, mm -hmm. the guy can cut some like legit, you know, promos against right. his opponent, helps selling the match. So, it, it makes you wonder why they didn't do that more in WWE. Now, granted, like I said, he was always like a heel and working with Paul Heyman. Exactly. So, you know, when you got Paul Heyman, of course, out of the two, you want to give it to him to, to to do the promos and whatnot. But, hey, I'm glad we're getting it now. You know, it, it, enough time's passed. So mm -hmm. I think for at this point, we can really appreciate his performance on the microphone right now. And I mean, even when he was with Heyman, we still sometimes saw him on the mic himself. Like, remember the R-Truth segment? That, yeah, yeah the boom the, box. Boombox of money, the bank briefcase. The yeah. R-Truth segment where R-Truth legit made Brock break character and start laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Was, Did you hear Truth good. talk about that when he got interviewed by Ryan Satin? No. Where he was like, yeah, they told me to go out there and try to make him laugh. I didn't know if I should have, but then I just did it, and Brock Lesnar started laughing and was cool with it. Okay. So he said oh, something along awesome. those lines. But it was, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. He said Brock laughed when he said something about Paul Heyman being fat or something like that. But he, like, he said you're big, and he's like, I'm not talking about you, Brock. And Brock like looks at Heyman and just starts busting up laughing. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. Our truth is a, a national treasure, man. Right. He's so good. So yeah, as we yeah, move yeah. forward, we go to the main card. And we kick it off with mm-hmm. a 17-minute SmackDown Tag Team title match. It's the Usos versus the New Day. And I mean, we've seen this match three times in the last month already. What, since Survivor Series? So it's like, why should we care about this match? I did not think the titles would change hands, and the titles did not change hands. It's just weird. It's like, why should we care when we just had, it was at the Staples Center, which is now, as of yesterday, no, last weekend, the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, which that's going to get mm-hmm. some getting used to. Anyways, yeah. so we had the triple threat. It was the New Day versus RK-Bro versus the Usos. And then what was it, like a week later or two weeks later on SmackDown, just straight up for nothing, the Usos versus the New Day, even though this match had already been announced. And so my thing is, why should I care about this match if we've already seen it in a couple different iterations over the last month? Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, obviously, that's an ongoing issue with WWE creative. It's the, the, when a feud is established and, you know, going through the motions, by the time it gets to the actual pay per view, I think a lot of times it could be pretty burnt out because they, in many ways, do it on free TV mm. on USA or Fox so often. And to me, it's like, it gets a little frustrating because it's like, come on, I've seen this already so many times. And and granted, Uso's New Day always put on oh, yeah. great matches together. They have amazing chemistry. You can argue they're probably each other's best rivalry mm-hmm. as far as tag teams go. But we've seen them go at it so many times over the years. I mean, it's. I would love to know what, what's happened more often, New Day versus the Usos or Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. You know what <laughs> I mean? As far as, as far as like, Rivalries that happen so much over and over. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I saw on Twitter a lot of people were saying, as long as the matches are great, you know, it, it doesn't matter how often they face each other, which I, I get, but to a certain extent, like, I don't want to get burnt out though. Yeah. Like, I want these to be special, not as you said, see this in a, a combo or see it three times over the last, you know, month or so. And you know, we saw it last year, didn't? Yeah, they had the WrestleMania match last mm. year, or yeah, uh, yeah, last year the Thunderdome. It's like you know, it's, they always have a program like every year. Like I'm trying to think how many times, probably over the last what seven years since oh, yeah. the New Day's been a thing. So but it's it's, it's a lot. It, so it, no, it's it's a lot. Yeah, and it's not even like. So here's my thing with this. Like I would have been cool if like one week we got Woods versus Jay and another week it was Kofi versus Jimmy. But no, we straight up got this match main eventing SmackDown a few weeks ago. The exact same match, Usos versus the New Day, and it's just like not even they didn't even try to like give us a various. Like they did give us one variation with the triple threat tag mm-hmm. match, but mm-hmm. they like like I said, legit just gave us this match. It wasn't even, like I said, like one week they should have done Jimmy versus Kofi and then Jay versus Woods or something, but no. I'm just trying to think, how can they do a better job of keeping wrestlers apart from each other and just build up that anticipation so when the pay-per-view actually happens and they come to blows, it has more of a stronger impact. Well, You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to think like back in the day. Well, like I said, with the tag team thing, you split them off. There's two singles matches. There you go. You do one one week, one next week. There's two matches in two weeks. You don't have to book. You They're booked for you. Yeah. And then as far as, like, singles feuds and stuff and how not to accidentally do those matches early, I mean, you can have people interfere with the heel interferes in a babyface's match or make mm-hmm. them team, find partners to team against each other. I don't know, but it's just 
when we've already seen the match and it wasn't like, oh, they did the match back in the summer and they're doing it again now. They did it like two weeks ago <clears throat> when they said Roman wasn't on SmackDown and then five minutes after the show went off the air, Roman came out and did a live event or uh, a dark yeah. match. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. He was on a like, vacation, not, right? Yeah, like Roman's not here. He's training in Samoa. He's on the island. No, it's it, it's it's just interesting. Like that's just kind of WWE's booking, and you know, partly you can say that's kind of lazy booking. As far as when when two tag teams are going at it, it's like okay, we have a pay per view every four weeks. So mm -hmm. it's like like the first week is just them maybe having an in ring promo. Then the second week, it's like one guy versus another guy, and then the second following week, it's the other tag team member versus the other tag team member, and then they have some go off uh segment the for the go home show for the pay-per-view mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it, it, the fact that you and i can just easily spell that out it just shows how often they go to the well yes. for that and do do that type of booking for, you know for tag teams or just a lot of the different um scenarios in the different uh you know uh mid card or main event or whatever type of matchup they have here so it's just i wish wwe would just figure out a way to kind of freshen things up um Granted, I know they have a lot of t television to fill up every single week between <clears throat> Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and whatnot. But I just feel like, well, I, they did have a bigger roster, but I feel like there's <laughs> there's different ways to keep things fresh and like have the opponents not touch each other until the actual pay per view. So right. that when they do square off, it means something more. And and I don't want to take anything away from the match because I thoroughly enjoyed the oh, match. Yeah. yeah, I really thought it was a great match to open the show. I thought this was really good. And I did like how early on they split up the title matches, like title match, non-title match, title match, non-title match, and then two title matches. I did like that mm -hmm. they did that as well. So it's not like, you know, everything's got the stakes all early. And then all of a sudden the main event's at the end and they give us like the, and nothing against like Drew and Madcap or Edge and Miz, but it's like, give us the, we don't care about them matches later because there's no stakes, even though we could get a good, good little deal in the Edge and, I think the edge and we'll talk. I'll talk about this here soon. I think the edge and Miz match kind of went, eh, and then, and then right at the end came back up. Yes, exactly. There was, a, there was a good lull in that edge Miz match for a while when it was like, I don't even know what's going on in the ring. I just keep seeing Maurice trying not to slip on these boots. So yes. She's like walking very timidly in these damn heels. Yes, I thought. Did she roll her ankle coming down to the ring? I yes. like and Miz laughed at really her. Yeah, right when the like really right when the metal hits the um, padding, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. That little connector. And right the Miz looks at yeah, and goes, yeah, yeah. "Ha ha ha!" And she kind of like gave him a look, and they kept walking. But I felt like, and we're not even close to that match yet. But <laughs> that match focused a little too much on Maurice. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <clears throat> I think with the ending, it kind of makes yes, sense but now. At the same time, it's kind of just like I felt like the cameras were looking at her. Almost more than they looked at the action in the ring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It... <laughs> as far as the tag title match here with the Usos and the New Day, I thought this match, again, it's the new Usos and the New Day. This match can never be bad, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. No matter what iteration it is, whether it's a ladder match, whether it's a hell in a cell, whether it's just a straight-up match with the titles on the line or not. And the match is really good. Early on, uh, Jimmy mimicked Reigns with a Superman punch. They then did the Rikishi splash in the corner. And I like how Michael Cole goes, oh, they're honoring their father Rikishi with that splash in the corner. And Pat goes, 
But Cole, he also did Roman Superman punch um, sing, uh, signal thing right before saying, hey, Tribal Chief, we got this. I like that. I like that they brought notice to that and they did that and everything. But then he goes for a second splash and misses it. Kofi briefly fought back and the Usos regained control. Woods got the hot tag and went wild on Jimmy for a little while. He roll, hit a rolling clothesline and hit a drop kick as well. Woods then hit a side rushing leg sweep on Jimmy. Jimmy and Jay did eventually fight back and get Woods with some assisted, assisted, it's a hard word to say, assisted some Hoenn drop for a close near fall. Kingston tagged in and hit a double foot stomp for a near fall. Jimmy at one point attacked Kingston's leg and locked in a half crab. Kingston did make it to the ropes to break the hold. Woods then dragged Jimmy out of the ring and Kingston scored several near falls on Jay, which I never noticed Jay actually tag himself in because I thought like Jimmy got pulled out by Woods, but I never saw the tag. So maybe I just missed that. Kingston hit an SOS for another close near fall. New Day hit their backbreaker footstop combo for a near fall. Fans broke into a loud, this is awesome chant close towards the end of the match. We also got a New Day rocks chant. Both teams then squared up in the middle of the ring and they started trading shots. Then an interesting finish here that I thought I never saw coming. I don't think anyone saw coming. The Usos caught Kofi with a super kick and then hit the 3D or as Pat McAfee alerted us, the 1D. They they hit the 3D. What? Are we getting the Usos versus the Dudley boys? Final, final run from them. But I thought Devon said on his podcast recently that he's done in ring. Yeah. Does he or, still work for WWE behind the scenes? I believe so. Okay. Here's, here's, here's my thing, and this is probably way too premature. I think I heard that his kids were at the last tryout. The really? Usos... Versus Devon's boys. I doubt it. I'm probably way off on a limb here. Like, they're probably not main roster ready at all. And no one, most people probably don't know who they are. But here's the thing with that. Twins versus twins. Mm. <laughs> I mean, hell, if you put them in NXT, they'll, they'll put them on TV within, like, a month of their signing now. The way that's going down there. True, but they do have, like, a year or two of experience already on the indies and stuff. Yeah. So. Didn't didn't they do some AEW dark match or uh, I believe dark so. shows? I, yeah, I believe. I'm not 100 percent sure, yeah. but I believe so. Okay, cool. So they've got experience more than a lot of these people they're signing or trying to sign. So <laughs> yeah, because now with that new NIL deal, they're just signing anybody with any kind of athletic background. And that's the thing. It's like the Dudley uh, or Devon's boys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're working indie scenes. So it's like, is that a uh, a bad thing for them, the fact that they're working on independent scene versus just not no, I don't think up so. right in the performance center. I don't think so because Braun Breaker did do at least so everyone doesn't most people don't know this, but he's got one or two indie matches before coming to WWE. Yes. If you look online, uh his uncle mm. Scott uh came to the ring with him and mm. used the sirens and everything. So um yeah. So in twenty twenty, in April of twenty twenty, he got signed undrafted to the Baltimore Ravens. In August, mm-hmm. they released him. By October, he had his first match. Yes. <clears throat> so most people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, he's had five matches in WWE. Yeah, but he also had one or two. I know of one for sh- two for sure that he had. I saw one. <clears throat> yeah, I saw one with Scott uh, coming out with him like as mm-hmm. his manager and stuff. So yeah. I saw that one. 
So he does has just a tiny little bit <clears throat> of uh, mm-hmm. experience outside of WWE's Performance Center. Which still, even before having that first match, that's like not much time to train. I mean, he got released by the Ravens in August, and by October he had his first match. So those have just a natural. I think he's oh, yeah. just picking it up and just already doing an amazing job. I, I think McIntyre was asked about him in a recent interview and said, oh, that guy's going to be main eventing soon. He's going to be main, main event in big WWE shows soon. It's it's uh I was talking with my brother the other day. It's like, how long do you think before he becomes maybe WWE champion? Two years, three years? It's uh it's kind of interesting. If if you know all the stars align for him <clears throat> in his career, it, it's I'm sure Vince sees big dollars with him. Oh yeah. Just uh so that's something to keep your eye on, I I think for Braun Breaker. Honestly, I think so, if he doesn't win the rumble this year, he stays in NXT for another year. Makes his debut on the main roster in the Rumble next year, wins it, goes to Mania, wins the belt. Wow. I was kind of thinking maybe, you know, he wins against Ciampa this coming week. Oh, that's got to happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. If he loses this week, it's done. Fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, but isn't the draft in October? I I I wonder if he gets drafted in October to Raw or SmackDown. That's what I'm kind of thinking. I mean, possibly. uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you know either October or next January could be his, his call up mm. at some point in that three month window. But I mean, even so, I think they can put him in the Rumble this year, give him like ten eliminations. Oh, absolutely. We always get, we always get a couple of NXT guys, unless unless the spot that was, and I'll talk about this in a minute. The spot that was earmarked for him went to Johnny Knoxville. People were pissed about that. I was just going to say, unless Johnny Knoxville took his spot. Sure, we'll talk then... about it right now. So, okay, this okay. morning, Johnny Knoxville posts on Instagram that he wants to enter the Royal Rumble. And I go, well, this is interesting. He was just at SmackDown a couple weeks ago when they were in L.A. He did the thing with RK-Bro. Is this legit? WWE didn't make any mention of it on social media all day. And then all of a sudden, we're watching this pay-per-view, and they go, by the way, Jackass Forever comes out soon, and one of their stars, Johnny Knoxville, has a little message for the WWE Universe as it pertains to the Royal Rumble. And I go, wait, they're making this official? And he, they played his Instagram video. Okay, of course, clips from it, not the whole thing. But him saying that he wants to be in the Royal Rumble. He wants to become a world champion and all this. And I saw so much hate online. He's taking a spot from an active roster member that could have shined you know it's predetermined. What he took a spot from Truth Tazawa or Reggie that wasn't gonna yeah. win anyways, or go in and be eliminated in twenty seconds. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is keep in mind we know WWE likes working with other companies mm-hmm. for promos, especially for movies, as we saw with the zombies and whatnot and the right. egg. So it's like it, it makes sense because uh, like uh, uh Royal Rumble is going to be the last what weekend in January mm-hmm. which uh before I forget talk about the name of that show and the graphic oh yeah <laughs> but um but but keep in mind so it, it, it's um and then Jackass Forever comes out what February 4th so within like a few that, yeah. days yeah a few days after like that, that next after week. The Royal Rumble so it makes perfect timing Johnny Knoxville mm-hmm. comes out to the ring does a funny spot and then they promote Jackass at the same time. So it's it's 
you know, it's perfect synergy right there I think between it's, WWE and mainstream. I think it's nothing to get all hot and bothered about. But people are like, oh, my God, they're bringing in a they're bringing in Johnny Knoxville when you can give that spot to somebody else that can shine in the Rumble. And they go, okay. And, and in the tweet I sent out, I've used those examples. Tazawa, Reggie, Truth. The, the, no offense, 24-7 guys that will probably last 30 seconds in the Rumble anyways. Reggie will run in. about. Reggie will run in, flip over somebody, turn around, and then get thrown out or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know they're <laughs> going to forget about it. I mean, how many people remember all 30 competitors and how much they were in the ring and stuff? Exactly. You know, the, the, the top guys, the guys that are, <laughs> are going to be favored to win, John Knoxville is not taking their spot, so it's no reason to panic. And if WWE can make some extra money from this partnership with mm-hmm. Jackass and the movie studios, exactly. whatever, it's win-win for them, for WWE. So it makes total sense. Now, I just want to know, though, as the rest of the cast of uh, Jackass Forever are going to be ringside like they were with that Raw years ago. Um, well, I mean, they, so were you know, all, buddy. they were all backstage at SmackDown in L.A. That's that's right. So, um, you know, I'm buddies with Steve-O, so I was going to text him and be like, hey, man, are you going to be at the Royal Rumble <laughs> and support Giant Knoxville? So um i should find out i should text him later and ask i i think there needs to be a spot though where riddle's already in the match johnny knoxville comes out and riddle's like whoa bro and knox is like bro and they do like a bro thing back and forth for like a minute and then that leads like riddle getting thrown out because he's like all mystified that johnny knoxville's in the match and johnny knoxville has to do his little nut grab thing that he talked about on smackdown a couple weeks ago i just wonder will johnny get get any eliminations will he actually eliminate someone I, in the match truth that's a good betting <laughs> yeah truth yeah <laughs> your truth maybe he eliminates or, riddle no yeah, one yeah exactly i mean i w- i wouldn't hate it especially if like riddles does the whole like sees him and goes bro no way you're in the match and he's like well yeah they announced me weeks ago and then he throws him out <laughs> yeah exactly but what are we going to wear his outfit right probably that shirt that he was wearing today it's world champion, but you alluded to something about what they now call pay-per-views. So WWE, if I can pull it up here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Wrong screen. WWE has a new buzzword or buzz phrase. As we know in WWE, you can't say hospital. It's got to be local medical facility. You can't say mm-hmm. title belt. It's championship belt. Well, now, apparently, you can't say pay-per-view. This is the graphic they showed tonight for the Royal Rumble. And look down here. Let me switch to this one. It is now called, and they said this so much tonight, Premium Live Event. On the pre-show, I don't know how many times they called day one a premium live event. Then in the first five minutes of the main show, and granted three to four of that, three of that was a video package, they said premium live event three times in like two minutes. And Pat McAfee was like, because I was confused at first when they go, oh, this is WWE's first premium live event of 2021. And I go, what did I miss earlier today then where it was a regular event, not premium? The bump? (laughs) And so they're now calling us the, so I guess now you can't say pay-per-view. A WWE pay-per-view. Now it's a WWE premium live event. And I get it. They don't do traditional pay-per-view anymore. Everything is streaming on Peacock for the most part. But they do still put their shows available on pay-per-view for those people that can't stream it. Because I know, Mm -hmm. like, where I grew up, 
our internet may have just barely been good enough to stream shows and stream stuff. Like I moved away from there right before the Netflix era of streaming everything happened. That's when I, right before I moved to the military and got sent to Texas and stuff. But if you were to drive 30 minutes more north, oh no, no. Their internet, not good. The more you go up the hill, the more you go up the hill towards Yosemite, the worse the internet connection and stuff gets. Okay, gotcha. Because I was from the, I don't know if you've ever been to Yosemite, but from the Mm -hmm. entrance of the South Gate, I was only, I grew up an hour away from it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, the closer you got up in Yosemite, less cell service you had, and there was barely internet. Mm. And a lot of people didn't want to pay for it because what I pay for high-speed Comcast is what you pay for their slow. And their slow is their one speed. Yes. Like, we didn't have cable. We didn't have a cable company. You had to have Dish Network or DirecTV to have television unless you wanted to try to get rabbit ears. And even that, we were 45 minutes away from town. So we had to, like, really try to make these ears work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. You're taking me back just thinking about all the back in my day. We had to do this and that to right? to, to stream or, you know, just download. I mean, oh. I grew up, obviously, dial-up internet. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, we had internet because we were in a good area. But it's like... Yeah. Whenever someone went to town, like, hey, we're running to Walmart. Does anybody need us to pick something up? Because I know you're probably not going to go into town for a week. <clears throat> granted, oh my God, granted, my dad worked in town, so he he literally worked by Walmart. So we didn't have that issue. But there's other people. Okay. Literally, they went to town, like, every other week. The closest grocery Like, we had a grocery store, but they knew that they were the only grocery store within 30 minutes. So they jacked up all their prices. Man. Everything at this grocery store was 2 to $3 more. Than if you were to go to like Vons or Save Mart in town, mm-hmm. so it's like man, they knew what they were doing. Oh, absolutely! It's like yeah. a field trip for them. Then we go, got the casino. Then we got the casino, and they brought a Dollar General, and that changed everything. <laughs> a Dollar General, that's right? awesome. <laughs> I think there's a Sonic up there now too by the Dollar General. That casino man. started bringing in more and more revenue and opportunities for jobs and stuff. So. <clears throat> Anyways, back to the pay-per-view. We had Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. They went nine minutes and 40 seconds. And this match really shouldn't have gone more than five. And that's giving it... And that's still giving it maybe a little too much. And and the match was all right. But it just dragged and was boring. Very. Yeah, it's... um. I, I think just kind of looking on Twitter and stuff, a lot of people reaction like it, the consensus was, yeah, this went on a lot longer than it needed to be. Madcap, who's just been more of the goofball sidekick mm. for Happy Corbin. Andrew McIntyre <clears throat> is a former two-time WWE champion. So you would think it would be not necessarily a squash, but yeah, a very short match just because they're both at different levels mm. of hierarchy within WWE. But I think considering Roman's not there, so they're technically one last match scheduled for the pay-per-view. So it, I think they probably yeah. thought, just go out there, go an extra five minutes. Just It's it's filler. But that, unfortunately, yeah, it comes that's off. That's what I thought as, as well. They needed to stretch time. Because yeah, they lost, they lost a match that probably was going to go five to eight minutes, maybe ten at the most. I, I didn't think Roman and Brock would go more than, well, actually, hold on. How long did the yeah, match was Yeah, the last Crown match. Jewel. Yep. You're thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> That's that's our uh, our uh, uh, is it uh, 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 our, our what do you call it barometer or uh, 
an indicator of how right. long. Uh, yeah, 12, 12, 20. 12, 12. <clears throat> wow. Well, yeah, because I, I would have said this match tonight probably 10 minutes, right around that 10-minute mark. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to see, like, that's the only match to me. Well, no. Edge and Miz, but because there was, like, a lot of dragging in that match. Holy crap. Edge and Miz went 20 minutes. I know. I saw that. Jeez. Edge? <laughs> like, every match he has, it's, like, minimum 20 minutes. If you he's trying to it. get the most out of himself before he says, I am done. I mean, like, you know, with Randy Orton, <laughs> how long those matches were, all the Seth matches. Obviously, him and Roman earlier mm. or, or last WrestleMania season, and, and Daniel Bryan. So it's uh, yeah, he's going out there, man. I think he's just trying to prove he's the workhorse of the company. Oh, his, speaking of his... Bryan and WrestleMania, did you hear about the record that Bryan set that he's the first ever as far as AEW and WWE goes? No, what is Bryan Danielson is the first person to ever challenge for both the WWE and AEW title in the same year? Oh, wow! WrestleMania, and then winter is coming. Which uh, I kind of wonder if anyone else can do that type of feat. I mean, again. It, it, it could happen again, but he's the first. So he can always, he yeah. can always say he's the first. Wow. That's really first cool, person man. to challenge Dude. for both belts in the same year. Man. And what a, what a year he's had, even though <laughs> oh, he took yeah. all summer off, even though he took all the summer off, he's still, you know, between WWE and AEW and his, his runs that were so incredible in oh, yeah. 2021. As far as the match between Drew McIntyre and Matt Cat Moss goes, before the match, Happy Corbin and Matt Cat Moss told some bad jokes and made fun of Atlanta. Moss made more jokes about McIntyre. McIntyre came out and rocked Moss with a shoulder tackle to take the early advantage. Moss at one point caught McIntyre with a big boot to the face, and McIntyre sent Moss to the floor. Corbin tried to interfere, and McIntyre hit him with a belly-to-belly suplex. Corbin distracted McIntyre again, and Moss took over. And it's always like... Oh, why wasn't that a DQ? Because Corbin didn't touch Drew. Drew touched Corbin. So mm. dumb. But it's like he he distracted him, so Corbin said, I'll dispose of you. Or McIntyre said, I'll dispose of you. So because he never technically touched Drew, but Drew threw him with the belly to belly. That's still all good. So Moss hit a shoulder tackle and got a near fall off of it before slowing down the pace with a chin lock. McIntyre fought back after Moss missed a tackle in the corner and hit a middle, uh, hit a dropkick off the middle turnbuckle. McIntyre at one point went for a crossbody, but Moss caught him. Moss fumbled the round and then recovered and hit a fallaway slam. Almost dropped Drew there. That would have been bad. <laughs> McIntyre fought back and hit a future shock DDT. Moss caught McIntyre in a tree of woe. McIntyre countered with a suplex. McIntyre hit the Claymore. Moss countered with a kick to the face. And then, well, Drew hit another Claymore and picked up the victory. So Drew McIntyre defeats Madcap Moss, but that wasn't it for those three tonight. Yeah, the match, like we said earlier, went on a lot longer, didn't need it to. Mm. But I will say this, you know, I'm a huge Drew McIntyre fan. I'm biased, <laughs> my opinion. I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. He's a freak of nature, man. Like, in the ring, you know, he was uh, uh, upside down in the corner, you know, and and... Uh, got rolled out of the the corner that way on you know standing on his head like that, and you know his, his strength and the moves he can do. I, I I mean I love Drew McIntyre. He could do no wrong in my book as far as his in ring work in this one. And Matt Cat Moss to his credit, I think he showed a little bit of his athleticism here. You know. Oh yeah, his, they mentioned some, it too. 
Yeah, his strength, raw strength, as far as throwing, <clears throat> throwing Drew McIntyre around in this ring. So um, for them, you know, I like I said, it looked like they had like an extra five minutes they needed to fill. So it looked yeah. like, you know, two big hosses throwing each other around. So, um, you know, it, it was just filler. And then, you know, Happy Corbin did his thing. I, I will say this. That's my New Year's resolution is I want to get a, a complete fashion makeover from happy corbin i want to i want to look like him i want to dress nice so, like so, him did you did you so he did the the regular interview on satin's podcast and then did a separate one yeah. when they were all in la did you hear his story about the the hat oh yeah how it just he lucked out having yeah. all those hats, he's like oh right? vince told me he wants me to wear a fedora and i told him well i've got 20 of them sitting at home yeah it, it worked out perfect <clears> right uh, and because partly because of his wife, right? Yeah, he's like, I'm uh, married to a Puerto Rican, and in Puerto yeah. Rican, they gift those out like candy or something like that. He's like, they gift those all the time, so I got 20 of them. He's like, make good <laughs> so use of them funny. now. I that was yeah, funny. Yeah. I also liked in that interview that he said he went so far into the being broke thing where he like stopped doing his Wagyu beef videos and was supposed to do one for Gordon Ramsay and. Almost didn't do it because of the, the, the you know, what's it called? The the poor Corbin, but then mm-hmm. did the video. And Gordon Ramsay goes, oh, no, that video is too good. I can't talk bad about it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so in the back, Megan Morant interviewed Kevin Owens, said he wasn't happy that they added Brock Lesnar to the main event match. He said Rollins and he would work together. And then goes, wait, I, I may have a plan. Seth said I need to come up with a plan. I'm going to take out Lesnar, and I'm going to do this for my soulmate, Sami Zayn. Called him his soulmate. Gotta love it. So do you think Sami Zayn is probably going to re-sign as well now that Kevin Owens signed a, a new deal? I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah. The, yeah. And after saying it to soulmate, I think now the writing's on the wall for that. Mm, I think so. Yeah. I think Sami sticks around. Mm-hmm. It, it's just point. weird how everyone's like, oh, everything I've heard from different sources, Kevin's going to leave, and then... Hey, by the way, I'm staying for a couple more years. I love Kevin Owens. For, I mean, I've heard that. that. I've heard recently that Vince really values Kevin Owens' opinions on st- certain things backstage as far as matches and stuff go. That's great. Yeah. If you have that type of relationship with Vince McMahon, <clears throat> that that's that's golden. You yeah. have an uh you're in arguably the most powerful man all time in pro wrestling sports entertainment mm-hmm. his ear mm-hmm. like that that's a position you probably don't want to lose or a bridge you want to burn exactly so i get that absolutely and it's like if you think about the people that not got released and went to aw but the people that left and went to aw it's like adam cole he didn't have no real relationship there except for with triple h and sean and he knew that even if he left they'd still be cool with him Johnny Gargano, he didn't have really relation. He had the same kind of relationship Cole did. Kyle O'Reilly, mm-hmm. I don't know how much his relationship with those guys were in NXT. But again, none of them were main roster. Yeah. Like they wanted Adam Cole in the main roster, but it's not like they wanted him to the point of, we need Adam Cole to be Adam Cole. No, they were going to change the crap out of Adam Cole, reportedly. But Daniel Bryan, though, he knows that, you know, he leaves, goes to AW, does what he wants to do there, and wants to come back to WWE. He's someone that, yeah, he's not going to burn the bridge. They'll take him back no matter what. Oh, yeah. No, so. he's, uh, yeah, yeah, no, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, no, he said in interviews, like, he just wants to go on this mm-hmm. run. I think it's a, what, a three-year deal at AEW, have all these dream matches, different matches that he couldn't have with the WWE roster, 
go to Japan, all that stuff, because that's what he said in the interview with me. He said WWE did reach out to New yeah, Japan. which is crazy. And Yeah, and so he confirmed it. Like, yeah, they did reach out for me, see if it was possible. But, you know, that fell through. And then I'm sure Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson was like, you know what? Okay, if that relationship can't work, then I got to mm. – take my talents elsewhere for a couple years but he's been very vocal in all his interviews like he loves vince he appreciates everything he's done so he's oh, yeah. smart he's not gonna burn his bridge i wouldn't be surprised he'll come back in three years and finish his career off there plus he's apparently i don't know there's there's different things on this but he's going to qatar to do a show there too what because they have that qatar really? pro wrestling and apparently he's announced for the show, but there's also been rumors and word of they're announcing people before the deal signed. So like they're prematurely announcing people before they're a hundred percent. Like, I think that's the deal with like Brian and uh, Adam Shear, the former Braun Strowman. Like it's not a hundred percent that they're going to go, but they announced it anyways. Jeez. Yeah. Ew. Going forward though, we had the raw tag team titles on the line. It was RK bro against the street profits. I thought this match was good, not great. I expected more out of it, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, I think partly, you know, listen, it's two babyface teams mm -hmm. going at it. So it wasn't like, as far as that excitement of like good versus evil or whatever, yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't there. Especially I got good versus evil on my mind. I've seen <laughs> Cobra Kai. <laughs> so that's fresh in my head as far as people hating each other going at it. Uh, but yeah, the, this match, it was just, it seemed like a friendly competition between two of the top babyface tag teams from the Raw brand. And um, it, it was fine. It was competitive. I mean, this could have been something that could have easily main evented Monday Night Raw oh, yeah. in one week. So, um, and this... If I remember correctly, this was supposed to happen a few weeks ago, right? But Montez has been well, out so injured no. or something. The finals, history. the match with Street Profits and the Mysterios were supposed to be two weeks ago. That's, that okay. match got yeah. pushed back, which was the finals of the RK Baronament. That's yeah, what yeah. got pushed back because, I mean, we don't know exactly. You can make your assumptions. Something happened with Montez where he couldn't work for yep. two weeks. <laughs> yep. So. But as far as the match uh, goes, go for it. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, the match itself, um, it, like I said, it, it probably just the finish was probably the most entertaining mm -hmm. part of this whole thing. And then even after the match, they were all were just like hugging it out and just showing yeah. respect to each other. So as far as the match goes, the Street Profits had the early advantage after Angelo Dawkins rocked Riddle with a shoulder tackle. Dawkins lock, uh, looked over at the Migos, who I guess they're a hip hop art act. I don't know. I never heard. I've, Never heard of them before the WWE started talking about the Migos. Because earlier they did a backstage thing where they're like, we're here in our hometown, cool to be here. And I'm like, oh, that's it? But then they were out here for this match and still really didn't do anything. But Yeah, I, I mean, they were well, going to no, perform or something. They, they kind of like, that's what I thought too. That's what they kept making it sound like. It's like they were going to get some performance from the Migos. And I'm like, okay, cool. That will be different. They want this to feel like a big event. Give us a musical performance or something. Like when Pitbull performed at WrestleMania 33. Yeah, or maybe they could perform someone's you know theme song yeah. or entrance music or something. Um, but no, none of that. They just sat ringside. Just there, like, yeah. Sat there and then got in the ring afterwards and was like, cool. Because like, they did their interview backstage and like, oh, yeah, we like WWE. It'd be cool to get into the ring one day. Well, I guess they technically got into the ring tonight. But as far as the match how? goes, the crowd really... Bad Bunny. Wasn't that what Bad Bunny did? Didn't he just make an appearance at the Rumble? And then that led to... Well, Bad Bunny performed. 
He did his that's Booker right. T oh, song. No, Booker, Booker, that's right. Okay. Because Booker was there, hmm. you know, behind him the whole time, the arms crossed, and he danced <laughs> around Booker. <laughs> he at least performed. Mm hmm. As far as the match goes, like I said, Dawkins and Riddle started off, and the crowd really just wanted Orton. They just kept chanting either Randy or RKO. Randy, RKO. So Dawkins hears this and does the Randy Orton pose. And I go, oh, I like that. I like that. Tease the crowd. Then you want Randy? I'll play Randy. Montez, <laughs> danced, Montez Ford danced around, around the ring as Orton just watched. Ford backed Orton into the corner as he finally got tagged in, but Orton fought back with a standing drop kick. Riddle went for a suplex. But Ford slipped out and tagged in Dawkins. Later on in the match, Riddle fought back, and Orton got the hot tag. He ran wild on Ford and hit a power slam. Orton looked over at the Migos and then hit a double-draping DDT on both Street Profits. Orton went for the RKO, but Ford countered with a cradle for a near fall. Riddle knocked Dawkins off the apron with a jumping knee. Ford then shoved Riddle off the ropes, and he landed on a Dawkins. As far as the finish of the match goes, Ford... Hit a huge running dive over the corner onto the uh, both members of RK Bro, and then Orton avoided a frog splash. Riddle threw Ford in the air, and Orton hit the RKO to pick up the victory. So after the match, Migos get into the ring, and they're all not really even doing anything there. They're just kind of just looking around like, "Oh man!" And then Street Profits get in, they shake hands, like, "Look, they're all cordial. This is great." I was like, a little underwhelming. The match was yeah. good. Like I said, the match was good, not great. Fun, but I expected more from these two teams. Well, that's the thing. It's like if there was a heel tag team involved, True. then maybe the baby face win, and then you know maybe the heels try to get some revenge after mm -hmm. the pinfall, and then the Migos could uh, knock one out, help make the save, yeah, mm -hmm. and just do a fun little spot to take out the heels. Exactly. Let the heels run away, and then the baby faces and the artists celebrate in the ring afterwards. Going forward, we had Drew McIntyre in the back. And he's running around calling for Corbin and this and that. I think he was calling. No, he's asking where the locker This is really weird. He's asking where the locker room was. And I go, so where did you get changed? Your rental car or something? Where would you put your gear on at? In the in some random janitor's closet? How do you not know where the locker room is? And then finally, Megan Moran just appears and goes, oh, Megan, let's do an interview. I'm you like, have the what? microphone. Yeah. Give it to me. I think you go to Mike, let's talk. And I go, okay. So he starts talking, doesn't say anything of note, and he gets attacked by Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. They jump him. He briefly fights back, but the heels, two on one, weren't too much as they had a chair. They put his head in the chair and gave him, they basically pilmanized him. And then WWE has announced that McIntyre is injured. I'm going to read what they mm. wrote verbatim because this is just what the hell. They wrote, and I quote, actually, I'm going to pull it up on the screen here for you guys to see. Because this is actually kind of funny. They wrote... Drew McIntyre suffered... Sorry, the huh? photo. Look at the yes, photo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Drew McIntyre suffered a cervical neck strain with severe contusions. Upon further evaluation by medical staff, he will have a follow-up with an orthopedic cervical specialist. There you go. Drew got a neck injury. They couldn't just say he hurt his neck and going to be out. No, he's got cervical contusions and needs to see a, or severe contusions and needs to see a cervical specialist. <clears throat> so, yeah. 
Drew McIntyre. Sorry, everybody. Hold on, Drew. Hope you feel better. Okay, man. Thinking about you. <laughs> Got my little figure here. I miss you, Drew. <laughs> Actually, I should probably send a message to Drew and be like, hey, man, I hope you're doing okay after that <laughs> orthopedic whatever. Well, he hasn't been able to see the specialist yet. It's still the weekend. Remember, tomorrow ain't Monday, so he's got to wait. Oh, man, he's going to be light in pain, probably traveling back from uh... – actually, do they have a house show tomorrow since it's Sunday? Good question. I don't know what the live schedule is this weekend because the pay-per-view happened on a Saturday and not on a regular Sunday for them, so I'm just kind of curious. Tomorrow, January 2nd, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and then Monday, Monday they're in Greensville, North Carolina – Greenville, South Carolina for Raw. They're going to make them work on Sunday, the day after the paper. And it is a super I show, guess. so both brands are working. Okay. Man. All right. Well, hopefully Drew has the day off at least <laughs> to recover from that attack. Thinking oh. about you, Drew. Hope, you, hope you're okay. Just <laughs> thinking about you. I should keep it on my mic. So going forward, Kayla Braxton interviewed Brock Lesnar. We briefly talked about this earlier. He imitated Bra- uh, Paul Heyman, said that he's a free agent thanks to his advocate and can really do whatever he wants. He then promised to win the WWE title. And said, that's a spoiler. Then going forward, we had a 20-minute match between The Miz and Edge. The Miz and Maurice make their way out. And like we talked about earlier, Maurice kind of tripped on the ramp. And Miz laughed at her. Then we hear it. And the gangrel music plays. The brood. We got the fire. Starts coming up. Edge comes up from the... From hell, I guess you can say. Through the stage. Really cool. Walks out, and then his normal music plays. And they're talking about how, you know, Miz kept telling him that you're not the the edge of old. You can't be the same old edge and this and that. And I'm like, okay, but didn't we just do this at SummerSlam? Yeah, I was going to say, they just repeated this SummerSlam. Yeah, they just copied that. And by the way, I... I was gonna say where 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 uh, Edge came up. I think that's probably where Drew McIntyre changed since he couldn't find a locker room. <laughs> Maybe <down> there. <laughs> but it, I think this would have been cooler if we didn't see it. What August, September, October, November, December? Five months ago, four, four and a half months yeah. ago, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, it was like oh, we already know what's happening here. It's playing the music, and yeah, it's gonna just last enough to walk down the ramp, and then his music plays. cut into yeah, his his main music plays yeah. i thought it would have been cool talking about like old edge stuff the brood music plays and as he starts walking rob zombie music plays oh was it you never gonna stop me mm-hmm. was it, yeah okay all right i thought that would have been different. cool we're talking about yeah you've got to be the old edge again well you got that entrance and that music will now play other old music to hype everybody up but eh, it was cool but it, it really wasn't i don't think it had at least for me the impact that it was supposed to because we just saw it at SummerSlam. exactly i mean that, that, that's the thing it's like and you were them, there like, at SummerSlam to see it live yeah and i saw that and i was like that was awesome like everyone in the press box and the crowd was popping so hard for that it was great so it's like they went back to the well again mm-hmm. you know four and a half months later so it's like they're probably like, oh, my God, that worked. Let's do it again. It's like, right. well, no, it loses its value. Like, maybe do that once a year. And you kind of saw that was coming after what happened this past Monday on yeah. Raw with, with the wedding vow renewal and, you know, Eric Bischoff and all the, the black goo now instead of blood. So. I think it's motor oil. It looks like motor oil. <laughs> yeah. And shout out, though, Edge wearing the Slayer shirt on Monday Night Raw this past week. Oh, nice. So, Slayer. 
<laughs> Love it. As far as the match does go, like I talked about earlier, a lot of focus on Maurice. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of focus on Maurice. Like, this camera kept just, Maurice is over there. Action, action. Maurice is over, action. Maurice is over there. Like, a lot of cutting to Maurice and cutting to Maurice. And, and it's just funny the way she's walking around the ring and stuff. She's walking very timidly. Like, she can't walk in these boots well because they got a big heel on the back of them. Like, she's, she tripped once and she doesn't want to, like, she almost tripped once and doesn't want to actually trip. Or I'm worried that maybe she really did kind of roll her ankle a little maybe. bit coming down the ramp. And so it's a little tender. So she's probably like trying to not put a lot of weight on it. So she's like, and, and yeah, also, she was walking a little odd. Mm -hmm. So like, like a lot of the early parts of this match was just Miz and Edge going back and forth and this and that. And there was a part where Edge gets thrown out of the ring and Maurice goes to walk around where Edge was over by the ramp. And the rest like, don't. Jessica Carr, the ref was like, don't Maurice, don't get involved. And I felt like Maurice got a little lost or something because she kept looking up like she was waiting for the ref to get distracted. Mm -hmm. But the ref never got distracted. So she couldn't do anything. It was just very weird. And it took me out of like the match itself because I'm like, okay, is Maurice supposed to do something? Is she waiting for a cue? What's going on? Because she literally kept looking at the ref. Like, where's my cue? Am I supposed to do something? Nope, you're, you're still looking. Right, you're not distracted. Like, and then she would look over at Miz like he was supposed to do something. And then she like kind of walk towards Ed in the back. I, I don't, I get it. She was like trying to play it off. Like I'm waiting to see if the ref gets distracted and then I'll strike to edge. But I, I know if I do anything, Miz gets disqualified, but it's just the way she did it didn't seem fluid. And it really felt like she was waiting for a cue almost not, not like a, uh, in real life situation. I'm waiting for the ref to get distracted. It's I'm waiting for my cue to do something. It felt like. Yeah. So maybe it's a little, ring rust or i guess what apron rust as far as <laughs> you know having a, a presence as you know miz's manager or that type of role or valet mm -hmm. so yeah maybe maybe it's just i don't know but she's done it you know i mean i know she's not on the road regularly with him right now i mean this current right. incarnation of the miz she's back with him but you know maybe she's just you know a little rusty for not being out there on a regular full-time basis mm -hmm. but no but still yeah it was just a little odd as far as you know, the camera going back to her and to the ring. And it's like, what's going on here? And I just kind of felt like Miz and Edge chemistry wasn't there. Like it, it you know, Edge, it, it was a decent match. Mm -hmm. It was solid, but it just, it wasn't like Seth Rollins. It wasn't, you know, Roman, uh, Daniel Bryan stuff, so, you know, and granted, you know, Miz, great old fashioned heel. Um, but, you know, his in-ring work is, you know, definitely a lot more, basic compared yes. to those other guys i just mentioned so it's not going to be the same type of match with edge um because you know it is you know, your dance partner in the ring how mm. this match is going to be laid out but it was fine it served its purpose um i'm guessing we'll maybe get one more match with multiple people involved which right. I, I know you'll get mm. to in a second so they're fighting on the outside at one point. They're fighting over near the announce table, and Miz goes for... And when Miz slams Edge's head on the announce table, and then goes for the skull-crushing finale on it, but Edge counters and drops him face-first on the table. Edge then hits a flying crossbody for another near fall. Miz went for the skull-crushing finale again, and Edge rolled him up for a two. Miz then set Edge into the ring post and attacks his leg. At one point, Edge gave Miz a hip toss off the top rope. Edge went for a spear, but Miz jumped out of the way. Edge... Then hits the ring post, and Maurice finally hits him with a bag of something. We don't know <laughs> what it is. Miz then hits the skull crusher finale and gets a very close near fall. 
Maurice then jumps up on the apron and starts yelling at the referee that you messed up. You should have counted that a three. And out comes Beth Phoenix. Did you see what was on her jacket? It was it, it was like a leather jacket, right? Or Did you see the word that was on it, like right here? No, I didn't it said see that closely. Betty. Do you know what that is resembling? Oh. What that's for? Betty White? No. Well, maybe. Oh. But in NXT, the young kids in NXT used to call her Aunt Betty. Oh, okay. I don't gotcha. know. If, I don't know if maybe it's a Betty White thing, but first thing I thought of was Aunt Betty for a minute. Because she's like when she did her whole, I want to thank everybody in NXT. I'm going to not be on the road every week. She said, love Aunt Betty at the end of that um, and stuff. So, and I've heard that joke before be made. Okay. So okay. I don't know if that was it or maybe it was a Betty White thing. Who knows? But that's, that, that's a good point. Okay. Beth comes out here looking like, all Aloy from um, for Horizon Forbidden West on the PlayStation. She had big hair and the braids and everything. And she's just looking all kinds of badass. And Maurice just freezes. He's like, oh, oh, what just happened? And then if I like for a moment, I'm stood still and nothing happened. And then finally it starts back up. The best Phoenix yeah, runs yeah. down to ringside. Because it was like Maurice stood there. Beth was standing there. And then... Maurice kind of disappears, and then Beth runs down. Edge hits a spear, picks up the win. Boom, the match is just over all of a sudden. Yeah, just, uh, I'm looking on Beth Phoenix's Twitter at her uh, headliner photo. Mm-hmm. It's the jacket, and it says Betty on the side, yeah. what you're just talking about. So, okay, I see it now. I don't know if that's in <laughs> reference to... Well, hold on. No, this was yesterday. She posted a picture of Betty White yesterday, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that, too. <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with the jacket or not. Okay. Hmm. Probably like, double double meaning. Maybe. Interpretation. Yeah. And for anybody that's gonna try and ask, no, she didn't leave NXT just so she can do this angle on the main roster. Because I trust me, I got a lot of those. Oh, she's gonna join Edge on the main roster and she can't work NXT and that I mean, guess she can because she's gonna do what? One match in like two weeks on Raw? Yeah. Like, exactly. She could do both, but regardless, she came out. The two posed in the ring together. And I like this on her Twitter. I'm going to pull this up here for a second. So you know how Mm -hmm. Miz and Maurice are the it couple? (laughs) Well, oh, Adam and Betty are the grit couple. I like that. I think that's really cool. They're the grit couple. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She capitalized the IT for grit couple. (laughs) I like that. I I thought that was creative. So going forward in the back, Kevin Patrick interviewed Bobby Lashley and MVP. MVP promised that Lashley would win the title tonight. Lashley added that he would put the hurt lock on Brock Lesnar. And hey, he made good on that promise. He actually did. Next up, we had the Raw Women's title match. Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. This match went just shy of 17 minutes. And Jesus Christ, was this a great match. Yeah, it was... uh... You know, another strong showing for Liv Morgan. Yes. I, I, you know, the last few weeks on Raw, there were some moments where I think she's still a little nervous going Promos. out there and and like having being that main event scene. Mm-hmm. This is really her first time to step up from like that mid card scene that she's been in forever. Now they're getting that main event scene. So that's a big leap for career wise. I'm sure it's a lot to to deal with and it's probably very nerve wracking. And so. 
you know, her promos have been a little hit or miss on Raw the last few weeks and a little nervous or just her presentation or execution in the in the ring of that stuff. But um, I, I think the match they had a couple weeks ago was probably a good just, you know, test for her mm. and just probably building that chemistry with Becky Lynch and just to help make this match even better, the rematch and them going at it. So, um, you know, Liv Morgan, I, she's definitely on the up and not, just a great performance here from her. And um, I know you'll break down the match here, but right. you know, I'm kind of curious where they go next with Liv Morgan. True. And, and just to clarify how I'm not crapping on this match for the actual match happening a couple weeks ago, that other match was to build to this match. With the New Day Uso mm-hmm. stuff, that was just a match to have a match after the pay-per-view match was already announced. That's where I'm... Exactly. Like, that, uh, the Liv-Becky match on Raw was needed to make the match happen. Well, was and wasn't needed to make the match happen at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So that's where it differs. But I, I like the Corey Graves here early on in this match because Liv gets very aggressive and she starts slamming Becky's head against the announce desk. And Corey just goes, well, there's the second beverage I've lost tonight. <laughs> Because <laughs> his drink gets knocked off the announce table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Liv's just bashing Becky's head against the announce table very early. And she just yells out a primal scream and just like, oh, dang, she come to play. She ain't playing no games. Morgan went for a hurricane runner early, but Lynch held on and swung her into the corner. Lynch beat Morgan down and hit a leg drop off the second, uh, second rope. Byron Zaxton claimed that Lynch is losing her confidence because she can't keep live down and i guess you could say that uh becky did become frustrated more and more through the match as she couldn't keep again live down at one point live went for a superplex but morgan or no lynch went for a superplex morgan slipped out then this is really cool she ran up the ropes did like a flip and then powerbomb becky off the middle rope that was really cool got a close near fall off of it and the crowd chanted this is awesome Morgan hesitated for a moment, which allowed Becky to put the disarmor on. Morgan made it to the ropes, but Lynch wouldn't break the hold. Lynch was firmly in control after she eventually did break the hold and slammed Morgan face first for another near fall. Lynch slammed Morgan's head on the announce table and tried to win by countout because they, they said it. She don't care how she wins. Becky just wants to keep that belt. Morgan did beat the count, and Lynch threw her right back out. Morgan fought back and trapped Lynch in the steps, just like Becky had did to her, and then she starts stomping the leg between the steps and the turnbuckle. I like the callback here. Morgan then locked on the rings of Saturn in the ring. Becky's screaming like you think she's going to give up, and then she rolls it through, tries to go for the pin, gets a two, but not really a kick out, more of Liv breaks the hold, and then they all fall kind of off each other. The finish of the match then came, which was actually a little messed up. The finish was messed up a little bit. Finish came when Morgan went for the oblivion. Lynch countered into the manhandle slam and went for the pin. She was supposed to use the ropes, but was just slightly too far. She, like, got her foot up at one point. It fell off, and then she's, like, trying to swim in a pool with no water with her legs kicking, and she got the win. So, good match. Finish slightly messed up, but I don't think that takes away from, especially Liv Morgan's performance here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, as you mentioned a second ago, that it was just an amazing mm-hmm. sunset flip into the power bomb from Liv Morgan. There, it was like executed like so gracefully, like smooth. Um, and so it, it just it's little things like that. It's like that that's 
what makes Liv Morgan, I think, a big fan favorite. She can bust out those type of moves. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Becky Lynch as a heel. Her strategy of like Liv would grab her, throw her in the ring, but then Becky would just keep rolling and roll on the other out mm-hmm. on the other side of the ring, and you know, vice versa, just kept like rolling out of the rings. Like Liv Morgan, the inexperienced one, she's like trying to give everything she can to throw her back in the ring, but then Becky just keeps rolling because Liv's taking her time trying to get back in, and so. I think this is a situation kayfabe like the experienced champion beat right. the inexperienced up and comer baby face here. Um, as far as and and, and Liv Morgan give a strong showing. I mean, I saw a lot of people online were complaining. Oh, Liv Morgan should have won here. Which sure, I guess she could have won, but I, I I think you know she's just a placeholder right now. I think Bianca Belair is going to be the one to dethrone yeah. Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I think that's what they're saving for. Oh, you think she wins Becky the title Lynch. two years in a row at Mania? Bianca Belair? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, that would yeah, be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they gotta make good that SummerSlam match, <laughs> if you want to call it that. You gotta you gotta do right for Bianca Belair and let her get that win back on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania. That's, I think you can justify mm. that match at SummerSlam. If you let her win at WrestleMania, but does she win the Rumble again? In your opinion, or no? Give someone else the Rumble win, and then she can have the Raw match. Well, okay. So what I'm thinking as far as next for Liv Morgan, it's like okay, she's coming up. The mm. fans are loving her, her, her tenacity, her, 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 her not her, her will to not give up and putting on these strong matches. They got to reward her. I think with something in 2022, is it a Rumble win or is it Money in the Bank? I kind of have a feeling. I wonder. Well, I don't know. Because I was asking Bianca. You said Bianca gets the match at Mania. So does Bianca win the Rumble two years in a row? Do you think? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Does does because like okay, I'm thinking the three favorites right now is Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, or Liv Morgan. Like I'm just trying to think of scenarios. Rhea's the farthest thing from my mind. Well, that's the thing. It's like she, you know, she came in second to Bianca last True. year, so maybe she can win this year. I mean, they have four weeks now yeah. to like hopefully rebuild Rhea Ripley. <laughs> maybe she wins and goes challenges Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown title and trying to reignite their feud, especially now that Tony Storm's gone and out of the picture. So Charlotte needs a fresh competition right now. So, so that's where I'm kind of thinking. I'm thinking Ripley. Monday, her and Nikki are challenging for the tag titles. I kind of thought that would be a good time to turn Rhea on Nikki. Yeah. Turn her heel. And go on, yeah, go on this war path to Royal Rumble. Win the Rumble, yeah. Um, and then maybe Bianca, if they do like a women's elimination chamber match, because we all know February is like Royal Rumble 2.0 mm. as far as, okay, that pay-per-view elimination chamber, that's our backup plan of trying to find another new number one contender right. for WrestleMania. So, I mean... I think Becky and Bianca should be WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley, Royal Rumble winner, goes against Charlotte. And then Liv Morgan, maybe money. To Don't pay. forget, Bailey could be back at any time. That's true as well. And then, then that's the thing is the four horsewomen are still running things in the women's division, Raw mm-hmm. and SmackDown. So the ones on the outside looking in, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, it, it, it's... They got a challenge as far as trying to overcome the four horsewomen because the four horsewomen are money, they're drawers, they put on amazing matches. So I think that's why over the last few years, 
one of the four of them is a champion at one point or another. They always just rotate the belts amongst them, it feels like. So I'm just... Bianca broke through and won against Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair, I know, not to drop this again, but like she did an interview with me last year mm. and said, you know, her per- she has a little personal goal of, of defeating every member of the Four Horsewomen. She's almost right. there. I think Charlotte's the only one, or I'm trying to remember, or is it Becky? I can't remember. Anyway, so it, it, it's it's Bianca is the strongest one as like maybe the fifth strongest person on the women's division right. outside the four horsewomen. So I agree. I just for Liv Morgan, maybe this was just a good opportunity for her to, you know, build that credibility with the fans and maybe they can reward that down the road with money in the bank. I also just see people in the chat asking about Alexa Bliss. We don't know her status. Like, I don't know what's going on with Alexa, why she's mm-hmm. been out. When she's going to come back. She teased on social media recently when a fan said, I'd love to see Alexa Bliss back. And she's just like, soon. But who knows how soon soon is. Soon can be next week. Soon can be in three months. Soon's different to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no clue there. But as we move forward, Kevin Patrick interviewed Seth Rollins. He basically said, I'm going to stop my way to the title. We then got word that uh, Rich Holland did suffer a broken nose. WWE did post on social media as well. Injury update. Rich Holland suffered a broken nose in his match tonight at day one, where the photo actually, it's kind of a funny photo, so I do want to pull it up. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You got like a stick, a popsicle stick or something right there, and then <sighs> catching the blood over on that side. But, yeah, it said Rich Holland did suffer a broken nose in his match tonight at day one. Well, Listen, we know he loves Seamus. He's his, like, protege. He can borrow maybe Seamus's face mask now oh, wait. to protect him. <laughs> his eye's all messed up, too. It's all swollen. I, I, I just noticed that. Because Man, poor Rich. When they Holland. slowed it down and showed the slow-mo of the, yeah. the incident, it almost yeah. looked like Ricochet caught him with most of his boot in the eye and, like, the heel yeah. hit the nose. Like, slid right into yeah. that. Yeah. Painful, but it's just poor Ridge Holland, like... You know, the injury in NXT now busted nose here. It's just hopefully the it's know. a busted nose. So I don't I don't expect him to be out too long with it. Yeah. Usually you can but, recover pretty fast from those. But that's what I'm saying. Like on SmackDown, they could totally play this up. Be like, Rich can like Seamus, you know yes. I love you. Yeah. So let me borrow your face right? mask or something. Mm-hmm. Or I could be like you now and have a face mask and like they can be like face mask buddies. And good thing now. this was a uh, uh, in the ring accident, so they don't go. Oh well, he's injury prone. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so then we got the word about Johnny Knoxville, which Twitter was pissed off about. And then we go to our main event. That went eight minutes and nineteen seconds. It was WWE title match: Biggie, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Brock Lesnar. As soon as Brock Lesnar came out last, I said, "Yup, my theory is correct. He's winning this damn thing." As soon as he came out last, I knew it. And this match, I said it when I tweeted about it afterwards. Super fun. Really, really good work by all. Didn't give you a, a second to breathe. As soon as one thing happened, something else was already happening, and boom. They didn't waste any time here. Everyone got good moves in. Everyone got to shine. Everyone got to look good. And then Brock wins in the end. And even Brock made others look good early on. For people that say, Brock won't do the business. Brock's always got to make himself look the best. No, he doesn't. 
Brock Lesnar lets other people shine against him at times. I mean, I remember in the Mysterio match a few years ago, Mysterio got some good moves off on him and stuff. So Brock's not as, it's all about me and I'm just going to make myself look good as people make him out to seem. I think Brock or whoever kind of you know has influence on mm-hmm. his his character and his presentation out there in the ring. It, it, it has to be strategic. He is built up as like, uh, what does Pat McAfee call him? The the oh alpha God, male the, of our species. Uh, yeah. So with that, you know, that title on him, he has to be protected a little bit as far as what he does in the ring is like mm. the ultimate badass exactly. monster. You, you don't want to deteriorate that with, you know, guys constantly maybe attacking and beating him. You know, there's a certain level, certain standard of when he's in the ring, you have to maintain that level uh, of uh, the threat that he mm. is. And, you know, you got to protect protect that and, and make sure he maintains mm. being a monster. So when someone does break through, like Rey Mysterio a couple years ago, I mean, Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble, mm. got, yeah, almost two years ago now. Um, you know, Keith Lee had the little, little moment with him. So when those moments do happen, it, it, it is special. It's like, mm, wow, exactly. like, oh my God, this person got this offense in on them. Now, granted, I know on the other side of the argument, you look at the Kofi Kingston situation, and then there's like, you know, Ricochet, like Crown Jewel a couple years ago. I mean, there are moments where Brock just totally squashes someone, and it's like, oh man, that's terrible, that's cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the, the Goldberg, when Goldberg returned a few years ago and beat Brock in mm-hmm. one minute and a half, whoever it was, that was pretty Survivor impactful. Like, match, oh yeah. my god! Like, look how badass Goldberg is, or at least you know the story that they're trying to set up here is like Goldberg is a badass. He beat this monster Brock Lesnar in a minute and a half. So just to, you know, it, it, like I said, it's it's strategy, people. It's storytelling. Just let it ride out. Calm down. So, and I know people are you know complaining about the finish here or what it symbolizes and whatnot. We'll get into that, but. Uh, but no, this match was just a lot of fun. As far as the matches go, as soon as the bell rings, Owens, Rollins, they work together to try and take down Brock. Bobby goes after Big E. They're all fighting. Lashley knocks. No. Lesnar hits a couple German suplexes. Lesnar, Lashley then knocks Big E to the floor. He recovers, jumps back in. Big E then sends Lesnar over the top rope with the clothesline, which is really, really good looking. Made, you know, made Big E look Super strong early. He just sent Brock out of the ring. Lashley then takes over. When he jumps back in, he knocks Big E down and puts him shoulder first into the post. Lashley then spears Brock Lesnar through the barricade. Looks like Brock may have hit the back of his head on one of the chairs. The little rolling chairs sitting there, but whatever. Brock was fine. uh, Lashley was firmly in control here, but Owens and Rollins worked together. They rock Lashley with a double super kick. Rollins then... Took out Lesnar with a suicide dive. Owens and followed that up with a frog splash off the apron onto Brock. And the fans broke out into this is awesome chant. And the announcers also said, yes, this is awesome. Owens and Rollins and picked apart Lesnar as they even gave him a double DDT on the steel steps. Not before, uh, yeah, not before though, Lashley sent, what was it, Big E through the announce table? No, Big E recovered yes, and gave yeah. Lashley the Urinagi through the announce table. Lashley went mm-hmm. through the announce table. Mm-hmm. I got that yeah. mixed up. And so much going on that I my notes are kind of a little messed up for this match. Because it's like, as soon as one thing was done, something else was already happening. I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. 
So mm-hmm. Lashley went through the announce table. Owens and Rollins then gave Lesnar the DAT on the stairs that I mentioned. Back in the rings, Owens back in the ring, Owens had a pop-up powerbomb on Big E for a near fall. Owens went for a swanton, and Big E got the knees up. Rollins immediately hit the Phoenix Splash on Big E for a close two. Rollins then set it for the stomp, and Brock comes in, catches them in midair, F5. He hits an F5 on Owens, who was going for a um, stunner, and then F5 to Big E. Suddenly, Lashley spears Brock, and I go, oh, oh no. <laughs> Lashley then got the hurt lock on Brock Lesnar as well. I'm like, oh, he made good on that promise. Lesnar couldn't break free until Big E, though, made the save. I really liked that. They showed the strength of Bobby in a big way there that even Brock couldn't break the, the hurt lock. Big E then went for the big ending on Lesnar, but he slipped out. And he hit an F5 to Big E before pinning him to become the WWE champion. Not only did Brock win the belt, but he pinned the champion. And now i got to play this video for you guys from WWE's YouTube, no, Twitter that a fan posted okay. after. I'm going to take the audio okay. out. You need to see this. Okay. It says, okay. new year, new champ, same Brock. Pull the video up. I'm not going to play the audio, though, because this is loud people screaming. Okay. Uh, screen transition. It was right here. Fist bump, and then Brock takes a picture with him, but it's video, but still. (laughs) As Brock's leaving the ringside area to go to the back. That is awesome. Brock's just loving life right now. You could tell he's loving everything he's doing. Oh, that's so cool. It's so, I mean, it's good. He's playing up the fact that he's a baby face. You know, he's embracing the fans, which he doesn't normally <laughs> do because he, he was a heel in the past. So, oh, that's cool. That's a whole new layer to his character. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's subtle, but it's like, hey, you know, he's celebrating his victory. He's never done that as far as I've known in all his years in WWE. So, right. Oh, uh, that's very cool. But that's the show. And now the big question is, was Brock supposed to beat Roman? Man, okay, so much to digest here in this short main event. As far as I love the intensity, I love, I know WWE on the fly had to scrap part of their plans were and just come up with something Mm. new, the Fatal Five Way. But to WWE's credit, they usually do a great job booking or handling these multi-man, multi-people matches, Fatal Five Ways. Um, You knew it's going to be very overbooked, but it's going to be very chaotic. And I'm sure all five guys were like, hey, Let's go out there. Let's just go balls to the wall. It was a lot of like finishers and frog splashes and explosions, you know, just people running to barricades. It was awesome. Uh, you know, I I, I want to thank you because you alerted to me about Roman and his situation not going to be there with COVID mm-hmm. and all that. So I told like my brother and my friends all about it. And, you know, we all were happy because it's like, oh, my God. Finally, in some way, we're going to get Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar in the ring at the same time. So that was kind of like the match with the match that we're all looking forward to. So when, you know, when Bobby speared Brock Lesnar in the barricades, like, oh, my God, like, finally, they're having an altercation, a physical altercation of some sort. Not to cut you off really fast, but speaking of that, you would think, okay, logic, build Biggie Brock for the rematch. They didn't, though. The last thing we saw was Brock and Bobby with a stare down. Bobby on the ramp, Brock in the ring just staring at each other. 
and he like mm. Bobby was like pissed, and you know that's the the eye of the tiger. I mean, I love Bobby as... Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley is great. Absolutely. And, and so, if uh, we can maybe at the Rumble finally get that singles yeah. match that everyone's been asking for since Bobby came back in 2018, yeah, <clears throat> that would be great. Yeah, so because like what I'm thinking, uh, and you know, like I said, as you mentioned, Bobby, you know, had Brock, you know, in, in the hold, and and you know, Brock could not fight out of it, and then he hit a spear on him. Mm-hmm. So it's like those little moments were like, okay, like if they have a match, it could be really fun, and it could be as awesome as we all think it's gonna be. So it's like they gave us a little taste, a little sample of that. So I am hopeful. We'll get the full full app or the full course mm-hmm. at some point. And um, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like a long match. It could be like a five minute Brock Goldberg match. Oh, ab- absolutely. And um, you know, li- listen, um, <laughs> like I know Brock Lesnar is a very polarizing figure. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are upset when he does get the b- title because I think in the past they assume. He's going to win, but he won't be on TV that often. He's not going to be around. It's so it's like you have a champion, but he's not really there. I I get all that. I was frustrated, too, during his multiple universal title reigns. Um, I kind of anticipate this is probably not going to be a long title reign if I had to guess. Um, And, you know, we can maybe discuss what could be the possible uh, booking moving forward creative wise. So I, I. and I do understand people are upset that he pinned Big E. It's like, couldn't you protect Big E and just pin someone else like, you know, Kevin Owens or something? Yeah. Um, I know they're booked in a little bit of a corner. I mean, I, you don't want to pin Bobby Lashley because he's still the dominant force. Mm-hmm. And maybe that you want to keep that open for a, a matchup down the road. Now you have that ace in the hole. Seth Rollins, you know, technically Seth Rollins has beaten Brock Lesnar before. So maybe you don't want him to pin him because if you want to go maybe that type of rematch down the road, it's it's a reverse. Seth is the heel. Brock is the baby face. You don't want to pin Big E because he's the current champion. You want to keep him look strong. So Kevin Owens would have been the odd man, I think, if you want someone else to eat the pinfall mm-hmm. here. But now it's like, okay, Brock is the champion. Where do you go from here? And I know you and I were texting some maybe different ways. I mean, that's kind of the crazy part is, you know, maybe with the unfortunate situation with Roman Reigns. You're thinking the same thing I am, the same reasoning. So I hope, you know, I want to wish Roman speedy recovery. Hope he gets well very soon, all that stuff. But in a way, this could be a blessing in disguise because one, that can prolong their actual matchup. Because I think a lot of people thought they're going to have the match here. They had Crown Jewel. They have this match. Okay, when do you do the third one? Do you wait that long, the WrestleMania, so, or do Royal Rumble instead? So how do you stretch it out? According to Dave Meltzer, all week, mm-hmm. Roman was pulled from live events. They did a, a holiday tour, so they were on the road all week. They've been on the road since yeah. last weekend. Roman was pulled, and that crazy just turn of events, Roman was pulled from the road to help him mitigate the chances of getting COVID. Okay. And then he ended up getting COVID anyways, being home. I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions of, oh, well, did he go somewhere? How did he get it? Who came to his house? Yeah. You know, we don't know yeah. any of that. But it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's funny because that's not the right word to use. But it's, it's I, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. Coincidence, maybe? A coincidence that they pulled him to make sure he stayed healthy. And then in the end, he still wasn't. 
But yeah, it's yeah. So now where do they go from here? I had a crazy idea okay. that you do. So so back to the Meltzer thing with really fast. Meltzer's whole thing was tonight was supposed to be the big build for WrestleMania. They needed Brock there. They needed Roman there. They needed Heyman there. All three guys were integral in a story they had for WrestleMania. No Roman we know. Were you shocked that Heyman didn't appear at all? I was a little um, bit. Yeah, I was, but I, I mean, my, my thinking was for, if, if, if plans were to go accordingly, Roman versus Brock, I had a feeling that Heyman was going to swear and officially um, turn on Brock and align himself with Roman and help him retain the title, mm-hmm. the Universal Championship. Um, I haven't just talked to you, you know, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, you know, Heyman revealed he was protecting, re- in reality, he was protecting Roman from Brock, Brock. Lesnar. And, and, you know, and Roman was pissed and fired him and Superman punched him. Um, I just thought that was going to be a swerve and Paul Heyman was officially going to align himself with Roman Reigns and um, help Roman win tonight at day one if that was going to happen. Um, but since Roman's not there, I'm sure they... I wasn't as surprised. I just felt like, okay, Roman's not there. Let's let's hold off on that storyline, that story beat, mm. and let's keep Paul Heyman off TV as well. There's no point in having him out there. Um, also, real quick, I mean, Dragon, yeah. uh, Dragon. I'm going to say this last thing wrong. Dragon Legat, ironic. That mm-hmm. was the word I was thinking of. Ironic. It's ironic I, that they kept him off to keep him safe, and then he ended up getting sick anyways. But go for yeah. it. Yeah. So I I, I I think that's a story beat they want to save with all three right. p- participants involved. So whenever so, they do have that match. My couple theories. My theory, okay. one, Heyman's not aligned to any one man. Heyman is aligned to the belt. Because remember uh-huh. at Crown Jewel when he threw the belt between them and says, you know what to do. I think he was talking to the belt. <laughs> if we're getting really okay. into crazy stuff here. <laughs> okay, all right. Heyman all right. goes wherever the belt is. He's just that power hungry. Yep. He just he wants to be with whoever the top dog is. Doesn't care who it is. He just goes with the belt. No loyalty but now there. Both men have a belt. And here's my theory. Okay. WrestleMania's two nights. We need two big main events. How about night one be a title versus title match? Roman Brock. Winner is the unif- uni- undisputed unified champion, whatever you want to call it. Night two, that new unified universal. WWE undisputed champion takes on the winner of the Royal Rumble. That's my theory. My fa- if I'm in a fantasy book, that's what I think you do. If you really need that Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania, you do it night one. Have them or I have two theories. So you do it. You could do it night one. Then the winner Ru- Royal Rumble. Or mm-hmm. or here's another idea, which some people may not like because it's going to give too many Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar matches. You do the rumble, the winner challenges Brock or Roman, whoever, night one. Say someone from SmackDown wins the rumble, challenges Roman, Roman retains night one. Brock defends the title night one, but the main event is the Roman match. Brock then comes out after the Roman match and challenges Roman to the next night at WrestleMania saying, hey, you defended your title, I defended my title, let's see who really is the best. And that's how you set up oh. the night two main event, title for title. They both successfully wow. defended night one, and that sets up night two. Yeah, it would make night one a little predict, make it a little predictable, 
if we kind of see that that's the way they're going. But that's a cool maybe way to get there. Now that Brock is on Raw as the Raw champion and not on SmackDown anymore with Roman. Yeah, <clears throat> Raw's going to be interesting now. Maybe they're they're like... Okay, now we have Brock star power on Monday Night Raw now. So hopefully the executives at the USA mm -hmm. Network are going to be happy about it. <laughs> right. But I mean, but but listen, you know, they got what potentially a hundred thousand seats they need to fill in Dallas this year at WrestleMania. So I'm sure Vince is now like loving the possibility of having Brock Roman in some capacity on both nights right now as champions. I'm sure he loves that idea, but listen, what you just brought up as possible scenarios, like we've seen that before in wrestle uh, in new Japan with wrestle kingdom. So, and it, people love that, how those mm -hmm. scenarios play out, even though it seemed predictable with Naito a couple years ago and whatnot. Um, so like <clears throat> let WWE do their own version of that. I, that's fine with me. Sure. It might be a little predictable, but Hey, New Japan did it and everyone loved it. So, right. you know, hey, don't be biased. Let WWE do their their way of do, a version of that. Um, so I, I love that scenario, but I'm just trying to think like, you know, there's and that's the thing about with today's events is now there's so much unknown again. I think a lot of people were, were kind of anticipating, oh, this is going to happen, blah, 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 all these predicting. Now that's all out the window and there's so, un there's so much unknown now. And that's great now as far as, okay, what fresh storylines can they create here? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Like could, Oh, before I forget, you know, edge and Ms. Maurice and Becky Lynch, maybe at Royal rumble. Can we have edge and Becky yeah. and, 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 and Beth versus Ms. And Maurice there, or could they stretch that to WrestleMania? I don't know. That's, that's too far, but you know, there's all these different scenarios now from day one, that they can go with moving forward into Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season. So yeah, with with Brock Lesnar, does maybe does Big E win the Royal Rumble and get his rematch at WrestleMania, or does Bobby Lashley win the Royal Rumble and then therefore he could challenge Brock at WrestleMania? And we finally get that match there, or as you mentioned, maybe they'll just do a regular just one on one match at Royal Rumble. <clears throat> I mean, there's so different, <clears throat> so many different scenarios they can go off this now, and that's exciting. And I'm sure a lot of people hopefully are going to turn the Monday Night Raw now and see what, what's going to happen. And the big question is, we don't know what Roman's mentality is right now. Because last time things got bad, he just left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, real life. COVID health. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, health yeah. Wise. We don't know, you know, the last time he just walked away, he didn't get it as far as we know. He didn't have COVID. Mm -hmm. Now... He got it. Again, not going to make any assumptions on how I think he got it because I don't know. That's not for me to talk about. But mm -hmm. the question is, you know, Roman takes his health really serious because of his past health issues. Mm -hmm. Could this be another scenario of, oh, I need to be even safer than I thought I was. I can't come to work for a little while again, you know? How much time could he possibly take off, though? I mean... You know, you have the big does dog, he, the the number one guy not on SmackDown for that long period of time. Does he become Brock Lesnar and only show up once a month? <laughs> I'm trying to see if they have any more Florida shows coming up. Because if it's a Florida show, he doesn't have to travel far. But that's still kind of a moot point because he's still traveling from home and going out into the wild. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, mm -hmm. they don't have any, like, the closest shows. They have a 
that's March. They have a couple. They have a Miami show in March, a SmackDown. Closest God, other than know. that is like Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. And they're not going. Let me back ask you to, this: They're not going back to Florida until March. Okay, let me, before I forget, now with this scenario here, if Brock versus Roman happens, champion versus champion at WrestleMania, hypothetically, mm-hmm. do they unify the championship into one belt again? one title or does this mm. winner just walk around become two belts like becky lynch so could think. it be like roman two belts you know scenario so, so he appears both on raw and smackdown like what <clears throat> yeah what 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 would be kind of like vince's thinking right i'm now thinking you have wanting. both belts and eventually fluke win gets one belt off of roman okay a fluke win that's a way you can say look we beat roman because someone got the title from him yeah not in a not in like a dominant fashion or like a real pin. Maybe some, fluke something happens to set up another match for Roman down the line. But regardless, I think, you know, ratings for Raw, they're down a little bit. Roman does yeah. good in the ratings. Roman after, and I know this is months down the line, but if maybe Roman's, yeah. if Roman beats Brock and it has both belts, he could show up on both shows. Maybe that helps out ratings a little bit with, with Roman potentially being on both shows. Maybe not every week, but maybe one week he's on Raw. Then the next week he shows up on SmackDown and, goes back and forth or some weeks both i don't know it's just a thought that i had earlier of there's so much we can now do unfortunately due to this incident this scenario maybe they do title for Mm. title and it makes it even more in impactful to do that like you said third which now would be the second roman reigns brock lesnar match of this stint if you just do the match again but what are the stakes Universe title, that's what they did at Crown Jewel. Mm. Like tonight's match between going into the show, I'm like, oh, Brock and Roman, I don't care about them. I just want to see what Heyman does. Like, I, oh, that's exactly my thought process. Yeah. And then when yeah. they announced this, I'm like, I'm actually interested now. <clears throat> so it's like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm sure one day. Bruce Pritchard on an episode of something the wrestle will explain what was the original plan. Maybe. So maybe one day we'll hopefully get an answer. What was supposed to originally happen storyline wise, but I, I kind of like this audible here. Mm. I, I think, you know, WWE creative, uh, you know, hopefully can think on their toes and because of this come up with some really fun, interesting storyline that, they had to, you know, come up with real quick on the fly. So this could be really fun. I, 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 I think, you know, you think of like Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, you know, champion versus IC champion. Mm. I mean, I, you know, WWE does like champion versus champion in some capacity. Because um, <laughs> we, it, it's, I think that possibility now could really be something they want to go for. That's, that's. And what you said there, that could be really something. And like I said, it puts more stakes up. on just another universal title match between the two. Exactly. And I like the night one, night two aspect. Like, let them go at it. And then the second night, the Royal Rumble winner can face off against them. Or, I mean, hell, or vice maybe, versa, yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. Brock faces the Royal Rumble winner. Elimination Chamber winner faces Roman mm-hmm. on night. That's both night one. Yeah. And then... The winner of both those championship matches face each other on night two. Yeah, and walks basically, away. like I said, they do their their title matches night one, and then 
depending on who main events, the other comes out at the very end of WrestleMania, basically to make the challenge for the next night. Or <laughs> Heyman sets it up somehow at the end. We still don't know where, where Paul's supposed to be aligned. That's still the big question. But again, we can't really get many answers until Roman comes back, and we don't know how long he's going to be gone now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, but hey, man, that, that's the great thing about being a fan right now is our minds are now using our imagination and trying to come up with these different scenarios, mm. these fantasy booking. You know, that's a great part of being a fan. Exactly. Is, is this element of surprise. I like that. It, it makes for a fun conversation and for, for all of us. Due to an unfortunate circumstance, things aren't as predictable as they usually are now. Correct. <clears throat> Which is good. Again. It's a good sign. I hope Roman's okay. I hope Roman's fine. I hope Roman gets over this quick. But because of this unfortunate circumstance, it now makes some things a little more unpredictable because everyone was thrown for a loop. Fans, people in the company, them. So, like, I wasn't surprised Brock won, but I just have no clue where they go now other than yeah. an eventual Bobby Lashley match because they set it up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I do hope, that Bobby Mash is not like a one-time throwaway thing. I mean, I hope they really do a good job building to that. And, mm. oh, man, God, imagine – I just thought of it. Imagine if Paul Heyman <laughs> was still, like, officially aligned with Brock. Imagine the promos with Paul Heyman and MVP <laughs> leading up to it. Like, how Ooh, good that could have been. There you go. I just thought of it. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's so much – so many wild cards here now. I love it. <laughs> But with that, closing thoughts on the pay-per-view, what'd you think overall? Overall, listen, I um it, it was fun. It, you know, it, it wasn't like there were a couple moments where I kind of tuned out and those were the matches I kind of thought could have easily just been on SmackDown or yeah. Raw, respectively. It really, I mean, at the end of the day, it was the main event that people care about here. Mm. All the other matches were very forgettable, unfortunately. It was really the story of just one, one, one match here, the main event. That that's all it was. So, um, but that was a lot of fun. I mean, I could probably easily watch that again real quick. Right. And um, do you know? I, it, okay, I get it. It's day one, the pay per view, because it's the first day of January of the new year. Is this something they're going to try to do every year? That's and the, just like the first day. That's the plan. But then the really? hiccup is in two years on Monday. Yeah, so next year would be day one would be, yeah, on a Sunday, Sunday in 2023. Mm. But yeah, would they keep going like during the week if January 1st is in the middle of the week so, they do a pay-per-view there? The word is that this was a Nick Khan idea to have a massive yeah. event on the first day of the year because that's always a big sports day. Mm -hmm. But what do you do when it comes to 2024 when yeah. it's a Monday? Does Raw now become day one and you load that up? Like a super show? Yeah. You call them Monday Night Raw day one edition or something. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But we'll apparently see. it was Nick Khan's idea and he wanted it to become an annual thing. So it just felt like, and I'm not saying another show, but it felt like just a pay-per-view. It didn't feel like it was a super special event like a WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, or a SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it was borderline just a filler. Yeah, know? it felt like one of their, you know, payback, backlash, B-level, higher B-level pay-per-views. Exactly. Yeah. 
But with that, guys, that is our thoughts on the show. Do want to check your guys' thoughts really fast with the polls here. We got a couple of them. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 89% of you liked the show with 11% thing. Well, it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go. Also, according to Sean Ross Apple Fightful, he states, if you're up late, I have lots of news coming to Fightful Select. So, well, I will bring that news to you guys. If you're not subscribed to him, we'll report on that whenever he puts news out over there. I don't see anything new up there yet. As far as the Twitter poll does go, though, 59% of you liked the show. 29% thought it was just all right. And 11% actually did not like day one. Interesting. And finally, the YouTube poll, 67% liked it. 26% thought it was just all right. And 7%. Did not like the show. As far as text messages, remember you can text into 510-906-1341. Got a couple of them here. Again, the number is 510-906-1341. Person says now that Brock Lesnar is the champion. Do you see Paul Heyman going back with Roman Reigns or on the side of Brock? We talked about that. It's really unknown because we don't know the whole Roman situation right now. Mm-hmm. Another one, thoughts on Brock as the champion. This person says, Happy New Year's to both of you. Happy New Year's back to you. Uh, This person (laughs) says, Brock Brock Lesnar is now a four-time WWE champion. Also, who should challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship? Uh, I don't know. Sasha Banks, probably. He's the only one, kind of, that's been pushed up there. And we've got... This person says, Who do you think is dominant enough to beat the Beast? Take the title from Brock Lesnar. Well, I don't know if anyone's going to take the title from him anytime soon, but I think they can make an, like we talked about already, a compelling match between him and Lashley. Mm, absolutely. And then again, another question we can't answer. Who was originally supposed to win the four-way tonight before they added Brock? No clue. It's going to be something that we may never find out, or it's just going to be a while till we find out. I don't know. I have no clue what the plan was. Originally for Brock and Roman or the WWE title match before it got changed. So, I mean, again, a lot of, I think the next 48 hours is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. News coming out on this. Why Brock got the title? What's going on with Roman? Who was supposed, maybe we do find out by, by the time Raw comes on Monday, who was supposed to win that match and be the mm-hmm. WWE champion going into Raw. We don't even know if Brock's going to be on Raw this coming Monday. I haven't seen WWE, and I can check their Twitter really fast before we wrap this up. If they've announced it, they do have a, a picture here of Brock that just says, The Beast is unleashed. Who can stop at Brock Lesnar? I didn't even know Brock had an actual Twitter. At Brock Lesnar. <laughs> 1.4 million followers. And it's just a bunch of retweets of Heyman. <laughs> And hasn't retweeted anything since April 4th, 2020. Is it been that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, literally, they're all Heyman retweets and a couple get this Brock shirt on WWE shop. Interesting. (laughs) I really never added Brock Lesnar because I assumed he didn't have an at. They should update his uh, Twitter bio. Right. What was it say? It says, uh, former WWE champion, three-time universal champion, and former... UFC World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, he's got 1.4 million followers. Current WWE Champion. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here, or joining us here, actually. But 
with that, you joined us here. But Huey, where can they find you otherwise when you're not here with me? Um, yes, please subscribe to my pro wrestling podcast in the click K L I Q, uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your audio podcasts at. Of course, we're on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts. We also got a YouTube page. So if you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be awesome. Go ahead, subscribe, watch the videos, leave a comment, smash that like button. Any sort of interaction, you know, helps with the whole algorithm thing. We appreciate all the love and support there. Um, follow us on social media at In the Click as well. You can follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey eighty uh, three. Appreciate all the support. If you uh, go to my Twitter page, um, I recently posted a couple days ago. Um, I do want to give a shout out to my boy Philip and brian tronic and brandon those guys do an excellent podcast called the bullet cast i was on their show uh, a few days ago we did an end of the year uh, award show the bullet cast awards uh just talking about the year in review more or less so that was a lot of fun uh if you subscribe to their youtube channel the bullet cast you can watch the video version there as well so hey i appreciate all the love and support to new year looking forward to just what more fun wrestling content I can get for you guys interview wise. So please follow me there. Um, if you follow us on YouTube, you can see our interviews with Brian Danielson, Cody Rhodes, all the WWE superstars, Drew McIntyre, Bianca Belair, SummerSlam, Press Junket interviews. So um, uh, I do want to give a big sh shout out to Tim for helping me with all those <laughs> videos. So Tim, he's the, the brainchild who helps uh, get all that content out to you guys as well. So uh, together we'll uh, make 2022 an awesome year for you guys. So thank you again for all the support in advance. But with that, guys, again, thank you for joining us here. Remember, you can follow us. If you're watching on Twitch, you know where to find us. But it's twitch.com forward slash twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited, and twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. You can also find us on Instagram or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pro wrestling ULTD. And yes, ULTD is the abbreviation of unlimited. People ask all the time, what's ULTD? It's the abbreviation of unlimited because we had an actual Facebook page that I took over from other people that were running it. One of the guys jacked the page, merged it with another page, and then they all disappeared, so I had to start it over. Oh, no. Yeah. Because, like, originally, I got brought in to help a Facebook group that was called Pro Wrestling Unlimited. I gave them the idea for the YouTube channel. They're like, go for it. We like the idea. We want to see what you can do with it. And then one of the guys just jacked the page merged it with another random page, and then deleted it. Oh, and that no. had like 300,000 followers on Facebook. Mm, yeah. Damn it. So, anyways, thank you for joining us here. Have a great night. It's only Saturday, so for most of you, maybe you don't have to work tomorrow because tomorrow's only Sunday. I'm going to keep forgetting that. I'm going to think I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, Monday, what time are the kids getting here? Wait, never mind. It ain't Monday yet. <laughs> so with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great 2022. I mean, I have to get, remember, get used to saying that. Because I said 2020. 2020. I said 2020 till like June. So wait, you say 2022? Wasn't that what it is? 2022? Yeah. 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 Because I don't want to, okay. I don't want to be saying 2021 anymore. I kept saying 20, oh, yeah, yeah. I kept saying 2020 oh. halfway into 2020, 2021. Gotcha, sometimes. Gotcha. I hear you saying, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm getting it down now. It's 2022. <laughs> With that, guys, have a great night and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.